Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And we're coming off a solid night last night, Coach, where most of our builds cashed in what was a surprisingly low-scoring DFS slate. It, it was a weird one, Andrew. I'm telling you, man, I, I've never seen that many snowflakes on the leaderboard, I think, ever in DraftKings. There were guys in the top 10 with like three snowflakes and and our cash lines had like four or five of them. It was just a bizarre night, you know, Deadman, Forbes, guys you'd never dream of, uh, you know, making a big difference. And, you know, we stuck by and cashed in a weird night. I'll take it and move on. And I think tonight's, tonight's slate should be a little bit more reasonably, uh, able to figure out here so that's what we're going to do break these teams down one by one not just the games but the teams and uh, really try to smash this slate yeah I kind of like this slate a little better you know even though it's three games uh, as you mentioned before the show these teams are going to get after it tonight we could have some really tough battles intense games and by the way what a great start to the playoffs with all this intensity you know, Trey Young in the garden. It's like every game there seems to be a storyline. We'll get to the Lakers and the Suns and, and them getting physical. Um, yeah. You know, Boston, Brooklyn, Kyrie, you know, playing against his old team. I mean, just on down the line. And, you know, here we are in game two. So we have coaches making adjustments. And I, I'm really excited for tonight. I mean, it. you know, when teams lose the first game at home, it becomes a whole different scenario for some of these guys. Like you saw Denver, they came out last night, man. They were ready to punch everybody in the face. They weren't <laughs> going to lose that game. And, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of that tonight, too, with Clippers and and some of these other matchups. Uh, you know, they know when you go down 2-0, it's, it's usually pretty darn tough. Statistically, that's a hard thing to come back from. So I love it, man. And just I always knew that it would be great, but having the fans back and hearing the roars and the chants. And I mean, it's just, that's what it's supposed to be. Not the cardboard cutout <laughs> stuff that we had to live through. So it really does feel like playoffs. It's I'm excited. And I think the games tonight are going to be terrific. Right. We get another 7:30 start to the slate with Boston and Brooklyn. And this is a situation where the home team did prevail in game one. So talk, right. talk to us about Brooklyn and their, efforts to try to go up 2-0 here tonight. Yeah, and I mean, definitely have a good chance to do that. Uh, this is the the biggest line on the board uh, for this set of first-round games, not just tonight. Brooklyn's favored by almost double digits, 9.5. It's clicked up to 10 for a second and then back to 9.5. So that's a pretty pretty stout favoritism, and it is a 227 total which is it's uh, an important number because it is much higher than the 216 and 208 and a half that we're going to get the next two games. So, you know, from that number, which is an important number, you're going to get some more possessions and some more DFS point possibilities. And so this game is, is extremely uh, important. And Boston down 1-0, they know they need to get this game. They stuck in there for quite a while with Brooklyn. And uh, I'm sure they think they can turn it up a notch and do better. 
Um, from a couple other statistical points from Pace, again, you've got Boston at 20, Brooklyn at 11, so you're going to get decent pace here. Where where they struggle is defensively of the teams tonight. This is definitely the worst defensive efficient teams. Therefore, that's why you're seeing that 227 number. But you've got Boston at 15th and Brooklyn at 21st. And then the other reason, bumpering right with that, you, offensive efficiency, Boston 11th. And Brooklyn has taken over first, Andrew. They are now the most offensive efficient team in the league, even though they've only played nine games together <clears throat> with the big three. So how do we look at this game from the net side? And then I'll let you, you know, break down the Boston side. That's that's your squad. You know more about them than just about anybody. So the million dollar question, everybody, you know, you start your slate when you start building, you look at the Brooklyn game, you look at the three superstars and that's where you have to start. Where do I want to go here? Do I want one of them or do I want two of them? Because that shapes everything else you do the rest of the slate. And, you know, let's look at that first game a little bit. You got 30, uh, almost 40 minutes from Durant, which is impressive. And he took 25 shots. Um, I mean, there's nothing to be uh, sour about on that one. He was 10 for 25, which, you know, he was uh, he can shoot better than that. He was one for eight from three. So, you know, to still be able to get 32 points and be that inefficient from three, um, 12 rebounds led the team because they're sort of playing centerless ball, Andrew, really. And Durant's taking on that role. So, you know, I thought that might happen and he is super expensive but he is my choice of the three. I think he'll be, you know, very highly owned. And I'm, you know, I just think that the game he had this last game was a good game, but I think he can have a better game. I really do, especially if Boston pushes them a little bit. Um, as far as the other key guys with big minutes, um, you know, you've got your two studs and they both played a lot. Kyrie, 37 minutes and Harden, 36 and then, you know, you had uh, 29 points from Irving and 21 from Harden. So, you know, all three of these guys are going to produce. Um, you know, as far as Harden goes, you're going to get your triple-double or close to it. He almost made it here with 21, 9, and 8. So he could be an easy pay-up guy. Or if you want to unload the, the uh, Brinks truck here and try to put Durant and Harden in there, you can do it. It, it does you know, really handcuff you the rest of the way, but you know, I'm not disagreeing with it. And then, um, you know, Irving, 11 for 20, two for eight from three, six rebounds, only one assist, because I noticed that's a big thing when Harden's playing and, and Irving, uh, with Irving, Harden's getting that, that point guard uh, assist ratio way more than Kyrie. So that brings Kyrie down just a slight bit, but He's still phenomenal and cheaper than the other two if you want to go that way. But after that, Andrew, I played Joe Harris last time, and he did okay. But all I was going for, as we've talked about this before, you've got to find some value guys that are going to get 30-plus minutes. That really becomes the key. You know, if you had, you know, as crazy it is, as it is, Deadman and Forbes yesterday, you broke the bank. And... They were tougher ones to pick, but they played big minutes. And, you know, that was a little unexpected. 
I got 37 minutes and 20 seconds from Joe Harris in that last game, and he barely squeezed by. So that makes me nervous because he was only four from a let for from a, I can't say it mm-hmm. four four eleven. There you go, double fours. He uh, from the from the field, which is bad. Three rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. So. You know, it's hard to want to pull that trigger again on his statistical uh, output, but the 37 minutes and 20 seconds, also very hard to pass up on the other side because, again, you know, where's the value with the minutes? Um, After that, man, you've got to have some courage to play any of the other guys with with Brooklyn. It's it's what we expected. These three guys are going to carry them. They've sort of chucked the the whole center aspect of things. Um, DeAndre Jordan did not get in. Claxton only played 11 minutes. Jeff Green played a lot at center with 26 minutes, but split that with Blake Griffin with 19 minutes. And embarrassingly, I played Blake, and he had he guess what? He shot 100% for the game, Andrew. Right. Zero for zero. So a guy that takes zero shots. Uh, in his 20 minutes of play, only gets three rebounds, uh, you know, boy, that's a hard pill to swallow. And, you know, I'll, I'll pass it on to you because I don't like any of the other ancillary guys, by the way. I'm, I'm not reaching for 18 minutes Brown. Jeff Green is partly in question. Sham at only 13 minutes. James and those guys didn't even get in. So uh, two-part question for you as I, as I flip it to you. Is there anybody on this team that's worth playing other than the three studs, Duran, Irving, and Harden? And secondly, can you trust one of these centers slash forwards, whatever they are, of those three or four guys that may play? Because I can't I can't seem to find anybody that I feel comfortable plugging in there. So what do you think on the Brooklyn side? Yeah, it's pretty much the three studs for me. Um I don't like Joe Harris when those three guys are playing if he's in the $4,000 range. I've played him a couple times when he dips way down in the 3K range on FanDuel, but just don't yeah. don't trust the usage there. So it's it's KD for me. I also agree he's the number one target. I like Harden over over Irving because of the assist. Like you said, he's, just, he's running the show. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I don't, I, you know, out of, I, I don't like Shamit or Bruce Brown. Uh, here and then Jeff Green is probably the only big quote unquote I would play because when yeah. he's coming off the bench he has a, a chance to get more shots than Blake Griffin and he's he's pretty cheap on DraftKings at 3600 but I'm just not fired up about that area of the slate and as you mentioned DeAndre Jordan didn't play no. which uh, that's the one thing I wonder if if they'll change that because Robert Williams had a monster game off yes, the bench for Boston and Claxton, they played against a bunch of forwards I mean what the right, heck right so maybe they they tinker and and DeAndre Jordan gets some backup minutes so I would not play Claxton because I just don't trust what's going to yeah. happen there but it's all GPP if you're going to mess with yeah Griffin, way Claxton way too much Jordan. risk there yeah yeah, yeah. so I f- focus on the studs here and then turn it over to Boston. They um, yeah, they they need this one obviously, uh, and it is you know probably the best matchup on the slate 
with Brooklyn's good pace and, and bad defense. True. Um, you know, Brooklyn ele- down to 11th in pace, but that's still the fastest on this slate. And yeah. their 19th ranked defense is the worst on, on the slate. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the possibility of some Celtics. The problem is, you know, if you go with Durant and or Harden, then it's pretty tough to pay for Tatum who went yeah. six for 20. They did a good job on him. Um, could he bounce back and, and play more like the 50-point Tatum that we saw recently? Sure, he, he could, but I trust KD more, so he gets the nod for me, and I, I may not get to Tatum. Um, Marcus Smart is a decent value here. He got 40 minutes, 5K range. I think he'll make some lineups for me. Um Kemba is a big question mark for me. He only played 27 minutes. Yeah. Um, good matchup if he gets Kyrie. They need him. Uh, he just didn't didn't produce in game one. So I'm going to be thinking about that. And then with the bigs, I like the possibility of Tristan Thompson or Robert Williams. They, you know, they split the game, but Robert Williams just destroyed it with those nine blocks and almost a double-double. And that was nuts. Yeah, and he's really cheap on DraftKings. He's 4,600. Tristan Thompson, 4,400 on FanDuel. That could be a, an interesting pivot to to pay down from Robert Williams on FanDuel, get him at lower ownership. Um, you know, he can easily get a double, 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 double if he plays half the game again. And then we got to mention Jabari Parker, who, you know, I thought they mm-hmm. might play the game before that. And he, he didn't get in there, but now he gets 22 minutes off the bench. He's still minimum price on DraftKings. And, uh, you know, they, they need that scoring punch. So I, th- I think he's in play. Uh, so even though Boston has maybe the best matchup on the slate, I don't, I don't think I'll end up spending most of my money here. More of a, a mid-tier maybe with Smart and then maybe Parker or Robert Williams. What, what are your thoughts on the Celtics? Yeah, you know... I have a small fear that that Brooklyn just waxes them. I mean, that could happen. Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll just jump in right there too because, yeah. you know, I was really worried about Boston when Jalen Brown went down because they went from a team who was thinking, man, if we can just get everybody healthy, get Kemba out there, we can make a real push. We've got stars. Yeah. We added Evan Fournier. And I, I think they could, could have made some noise, but I don't think they can now. And... You're right. I mean, with Brooklyn's firepower, if Boston's sort of starting to see the writing on the wall, this this could get ugly. And and my concern is, I mean, you could be sunk going into the the two late games. You know, it's possible. I mean, let's just say Brooklyn comes out and they they do wax them. Then that means you're going to lose minutes for Durant and Harden or Irving if you play those guys. Um, so that's going to hurt. Obviously, if they wax him, that means they probably held Tatum down if you go that direction. And then after that with Boston, I think it's a complete crapshoot, man. I I hate, and I always mention this, but I think it's important. I don't want a guy that's going to play 22 minutes and split the position. You just can't afford that. I almost would rather have a little bit lesser player that's going to get upper 30s. It's just the ball bounces your way sometimes. You can accidentally get five rebounds and a couple of assists so this this is tough man i i mean i want to believe that 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 boston keeps it close but 
here's the million dollar question to me. As I was trying to build these lineups and game script, I don't believe there's like what a 1% chance that Boston keeps this game super close unless Tatum has one of his like 40 real point games because who else is going to do it? So that's my question to you is, can I get away with the, you know, playing Harden and Durant and not playing Tatum or am I being, you know, is that just a stupid play? Cause I, the more I looked at, it, I'm thinking, why should I spend the majority of my salary on two guys when they could do very well, but if the game blows out, they're going to lose minutes, which you can't afford. And if it doesn't blow out, it's got to be a good portion of Tatum. See, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think in general that makes a lot of sense. But it doesn't have to work out where you get a guy on the other side that you have to have just because of the pricing. And we saw it in game one here with Tatum shooting six for 20. They only lost by yeah. 11. So True. They're, they're balanced enough with enough veteran guys Kemba, Smart, Fournier, they can all score. It can be balanced, and it, it always circles back to the price. So, yeah. you know, Tatum at 10000 if he puts up 45 fantasy points, you don't want that. So right. you're better off sticking with KD and Harden and paying up for somebody later like uh, Kawhi, who I think is underpriced today. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's. I mean, it. I think it's the pivotal game of the slate. There's no doubt in my mind. It's, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm. I'm either going to go with one of the two strategies I just uh, just described, you know, uh, either a, a Durant, Tatum, or Harden, Tatum. If I go that route, and and I just, I'd like some correlation. And it, it, this game stays close. Those those guys could be. Uh, absolutely all all three of them in the optimal lineup i you know there's no doubt in my mind as far as the rest of the guys for boston goes man you know you had 38 and a half minutes from fournier which is great but man he's he's painful to watch at times because he doesn't do anything else well really than shoot the ball and he's not shooting the ball well so you know it's i get it if you want to play him because of the giant minutes but he's not a good value um, the guy I always seemed to gravitate to just cause I love his style of play and you know, he's going to give you everything he's got is Marcus smart, but his price is pretty bad now it's, it's expensive and yeah, he played almost 40 minutes and I expect that he will again. Um, you know, if I'm going to be really scratching for some correlation and don't buy up to Tatum for me, smarts, the next play. Um, I wish it was Walker, and I wish I knew that he'd play 35, 36 minutes. But I'm with you. When I saw that 26 minutes and 51 seconds in a game where the, that they needed and were losing, and it was close enough, that tells me that Stevens either thinks that his defense is so bad that you know they need to go bigger and get him off the floor, or Kemba's not 100%, which we know he's been you know not feeling great sitting games a lot this year. So that takes that little element away from me uh, as far as wanting to risk to play Kemba. Good GPP play because he could have a Kemba game, but I'm just not comfortable with it. And I'm not going to fall into the the Jabari Parker trap. I know everybody's going to play him and he's super cheap and he does get a lot of DFS points per minute. He always has. I just... 
you know, it just screams trap to me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to pull the trigger there. And then the rest of those guys, Andrew, I'm with you, man. I just, I don't want a, a bunch of guys split in minutes. I don't care if Robert Williams had a fluke nine blocks game. There's no way in hell he'll probably have more than two blocks in this game. And statistically at 22 minutes, Parker at 21, Thompson at 24. I mean, all of that is fine for Boston because they're trying to just make something work. But it's not fine in the DFS standards. If you think you're going to get those repeat games from those guys, minus the fluky nine blocks from Robert, then I don't think they're playable because the, the risk is there. And, you know, the price is okay, but it's it's just risk rewards not there for me. So I'm going to come out of this game spending a decent amount of money because I like the main guys. I don't see a ton of value, but I do think those main guys could be the key to the slate. Yeah. I'll just chip in that I, I disagree on those, the bigs for Boston. I think they're all playable. Okay. Jabari, Robert Williams, Tristan Thompson, because of their prices. I mean, you know, Robert Williams doesn't have to get nine blocks to hit value, especially on DraftKings at 4,600. And Parker, I mean, you described the reason to play him because he's, he's high minutes per he's points per minute. Points per minute, and he's minimum price on DraftKings. So he doesn't, I mean, if you tell me he's going to play 20 minutes again. Well, uh, that's a problem. That's my exact point. Thompson, Williams, and Parker, do, can you see a place where one of them gets 15 minutes, 17 minutes? Yeah, I could see Parker only getting 15 to 17. I mean, so it's just, I get it. I know what you're saying. The price is there, and we got to find value. I just, a triple split of some big spots is is a little scary to me. All right, well, let's move to game two. We've got the Lakers and Suns at 10 o'clock, and this okay. is the lowest total on the board, down to 208.5. Lakers favored by 1.5 after losing a, a dogfight where neither team got to 100. Phoenix That's great. That's old school. 90, old school. Lots of intensity with the close friends, LeBron and Chris Paul, off the court, getting hooked up fi- figuratively and literally there <laughs> in the paint and um, fracas after fracas with Trez and getting involved and just a scrappy series. And yeah. we've only had one game, so uh, this one's going to be entertaining. We've got these great top 10 defenses. Lakers still number one. Suns are ninth. We've got this below average pace. Suns way down at 26. Yeah. Uh, Lakers still very inefficient offensively. They're 24th on the season. Suns Amazing. Are, Suns are number four. They can really score it, and that's why they're 51 and 21 in the regular season because they've got the great defense and great offense, and that's really the makeup of a championship team to have a top 10 offensive and defensive efficient rating. So yes. they're in a great spot. They're at home looking to go up 2-0. Nader's still out, but everybody else ready to go here. Uh, I'll start with the Lakers side, and okay. you know LeBron was solid. AD was was not and no. the big takeaway from game one for me was lebron talking about ad in the media after the game saying he's got to be more aggressive and you know if lebron is saying that publicly he's also saying that privately to ad and saying hey listen we need you here in game two you got to step up and be you and right. so you know i think i think ad will play better and it it tempts me to play him 
although I still prefer Durant in that price range. So I don't, I don't know if I will play AD, but uh, I'm curious to see what your thought is on this. And you know, we've talked for a long time about LeBron and AD, and it's <laughs> it's always a really important discussion here on these small yeah. slates. Um, but I, I'm just I'm not too fired up about the Lakers in general with the, this tough defense, even though they're ultra motivated. You know, talk about split minutes. I mean, Drummond only played 19 minutes. Um, you know, the the bench guys didn't get as much run. So sometimes you look at a Caruso or a THT, and um, they're a little hard to trust. I mean, Caruso got solid minutes. He got 24 minutes. Didn't didn't do much in this one. He's he's pretty no. cheap. Um, Montrez Harrell. Uh, speaking of getting in getting involved in those little dust ups. He's a little interesting to me as a value play. He got 15 minutes. They didn't play Gasol. They went a little smaller, quote-unquote, with AD at the center. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's really cheap on DraftKings at 3,500. Um, you know, so he's in, the, he's in the player pool for me. Um, the Suns played Saric at the backup center role, and I think Trez yeah. can, can get it done against him. And, you know... He can be so effective uh, that I would think Vogel would would get him out there again and, and let him let him roll for maybe even more, maybe eighteen to twenty minutes. Uh, they they need that scoring punch off the bench when you have Kuzma playing nineteen minutes and going zero for two. You can't rely on him, right? So Vogel, I mean, if if Trez comes in and he's a spark plug and he's motivated because of what happened in Game One, then uh, I think he's worth considering, but. You know, it's not it's not like a lock and load value play for me. Um, and then, you know, the guards, KCP got big minutes again, but didn't do too much. Schroeder, I think, is fine. He's he's worth considering as a, a mid-tier option if you want to get a couple balanced guys in there. Guys like uh, Schroeder and Smart, you know, in that mid-5K range are, are playable for me on this slate. So yeah. uh, I, I don't think I'll end up paying up for LeBron um ad probably not either but may- maybe in a second lineup a gpp lineup i would get ad out there but uh I, you know this is a tough task here for the lakers it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a war and um we'll see if the big guys can step up here what are your thoughts on lebron and ad you know i mean we had the same scenario last year in the playoffs you know it you sort of needed to have one of the two guys in the lineup, if you know, and they were one of them was in almost every optimal lineup in the bubble last year in the playoffs. But you know, this Phoenix team just tortures people. They slow the ball down. You know, it's a two oh eight and a half, and like you said, they were in the nineties the last game. Uh, but the Lakers are favored, which is amazing to me. You know that Phoenix has played so much better, but Vegas has the Lakers one and a half, so <clears throat> they believe that. Uh, you know, the old uh, Rudy T thing, never question the heart of a champion thing will come out here. And, you know, I'm with you, man. I, I noticed that right away is LeBron very seldom will, I guess you can call it calling out a teammate a little bit uh, in saying that AD's got to play better. I think he meant more that, not to criticize him, but I think he just meant more, listen, you're you're the best player on the team, you know, obviously other than him. And 
and we need you to just go off for us to win, I think is what he was trying yeah, to. No, I agree. I don't think it was just, a negative thing. It was a, no. hey, let's, let's do this. Yep. Right. So, you know, I'm sure AD heard that, you know, that he, you know, heard it in the locker room. And, um, you know, that makes me really want to play AD because we know he has that ability. Um, but I'll tell you, you look statistically at teams, the two teams that I noticed throughout the year, and I went back and it's, it's a true, you know, statistical analysis here. When, when guys, the real good players play Phoenix or the Knicks, those are the two teams they're, they just don't do very well consistently. They they are able, their defensive schemes or who they've got in there, they're able to hold guys down. And when I say hold guys down, they just don't get as many shots. They take people out of their offense. Because that's the thing that shocked me when I looked at this. LeBron only took 13 shots in a really big game. AD 16. You know, those two guys should get 20 shots. I mean, that's just the way it should be, in my opinion. You know, only three or four shots behind them in attempts. You had Pope and then Caruso, followed by Drummond and Schroeder after that. So that just seems odd to me. I think that that the two guys, LeBron and AD, will try to take control of the reins. But like the point I just made, Phoenix just doesn't let you get yourself into your offense and get a rhythm. So... I don't know, Andrew. I mean, if I go with a guy in this game and pay up, it will be Davis. But I'm not positive that I'm going to do it. I, I think that the, the the price definitely is a concern. And I think I'd rather go uh, to a second flight guy or two here to try to make the salary work. Now, I'd, I could come on here and say, yeah, you know, I want Durant and Harden and Tatum and James and Davis. And yeah, good luck with that. You know, it's, it doesn't happen. You're already 5,000 over. So I, you know, I like the fact that Schroeder is playing decent. I know that he didn't always get Chris Paul defense either. That switched around a little bit. Booker was on him a little bit. Uh, campaign was on him a little bit. So I think Schroeder at his price is fair. I mean, he's he contributes and he plays hard, and you got to find guys like that. The wild card here that I I like a little bit, uh, that I may have to play f- for huge salary relief is is KCP. He played 35 minutes. They need him defensively to play Booker. Um, he was only two for nine from the field, which is bad. But you know, he usually makes a few threes in there, a few more threes. He he took seven threes, which was the most on the team. And, you know, he drops two or three more of those. Uh, he usually grabs a few rebounds and assists and a steal or two. That's enough to get it done for value, for sure, at his price. And, you know, identifying those one or two guys uh, that are going to make a difference as far as uh, allowing you to spend up for some people, he's, he's the one I'm considering. Um, after that, you know, I can, I see the guys that want to stick with Kuzma, but his price isn't as cheap. And we saw, you know, he's Kuzma drives me crazy, man. If, if it's a game, regular season game, it doesn't matter that much. And they're up or down 15, he'll make five, six threes in a row. Like nothing. You put him in a game like this where it's crunch time. I don't see him stepping up very much. Oh, for two really. And, and Vogel only has 19 minutes for him. 
that that says a lot to me, and I I'm not going to go there. Um, Drummond and Montrez Harrell, uh, you know, watching those two guys is frustrating as well because they split the game. The, neither one is super efficient, and you know, Drummond gets in foul trouble. I just don't want to stress it because, you know, Harrell's certainly cheaper, but I don't trust it, and I I just you know, I would rather have a guy, and this sounds crazy, but it's just my thinking. I'd rather have a guy that plays 34 minutes and gets 18 fantasy points than a guy that plays 14 minutes and gets 16 fantasy points. Yeah, I understand pricing and everything else, but the the room for improvement for guys that are out there on the floor, I, you know, I'd, I'll go that way every time. So, you know, and then the other guys just, you can't go there in this type of a game, the THTs and West Matthews. And I mean, unless you think you're going to pull a magic hat, a rabbit out of the hat, like Forbes or Deadmond. I mean, if you, if you can do that, then you should be playing the lottery numbers too, because you know, those kind of things are not extremely easy to predict, but you know, you also can easily get a four fantasy point night, or five fantasy point like Carmelo put out last night uh, with some of these guys. So I want to stay safer, uh, considering either LeBron or Davis, uh, like the Schroeder Caldwell Pope potential here. And I think this game, you know, will be a little more high scoring. It was more, you know, uh, LA saying, hey, we're the champs, Phoenix saying, we're the new kids on the block. And, you know, it was more of a, who could punch each other in the chops and and stand their ground. I think now that they've both done that, you'll see a little bit more pace, a little bit more shot making, and uh, there there will be some value uh, in this game. So that's what I think on the Lakers side. You want me to jump right into the Suns? Please do. All right. A couple of guys. You know, Mikhail Bridges has been a guy that I've been on for quite some time. Uh, you know, four for 12 is not going to get it done, but 40 minutes and 32 seconds again for Bridges. I mean, his price is right. His upside is there. He's a fantastic defender. So he's going to be on the floor probably 40 minutes again, and he's going to get you a couple rebound steals. I think he's a nice, nice position player that can help balance your salary level. So he's highly in play. Um, Jay Crowder, you know, I had him last time out. I figured, you know, he'd step up. They count on him to make, you know, a playoff run like he did with the Heat last year. And I, I think he's a, a playable commodity again. He almost got 30 minutes. Again, he shot poorly, 3 for 10, and 0 for 7 from 3. So some of those are going to go down. And you know he's going to get some rebounds. He always gets some steals. And he's just a really good playoff-type caliber guy. So... Another guy you can get fairly cheap. Um, a guy that's going to get a ton of of uh, ownership because he had his best game of the season, which was 10 for 11 from the field, 16 rebounds, and that's DeAndre Ayton. No, I'm not touching him with a 100-foot pole, and I, I don't care if people think I'm crazy, but if you think he's going to repeat half that performance, Good luck to you and go spend the money on Aiden because I don't believe it. I don't think it's going to happen. Not with that Lakers interior defense of AD Drummond and Harrell. So 
Uh, Aiton is of no interest to me, and he'll be chalk. Um, Booker is the other guy uh, that I think really has potential here, along with Chris Paul. I mean, so Bridges, Crowder, Booker, Paul all could make a lineup or two for me. And Booker and Paul not on the same team, but I can see Booker in a, in a, uh, a hybrid and G, uh, GPP possibly for Paul. Um, I went Paul last time because I just thought he'd be able to attack Schroeder. But uh, he played more of a, you know, just run the floor general type thing. And then he was in some of those skirmishes. And, you know, he was really looking to get Booker his. And, you know, Paul had eight shots. Booker took 26 shots. Now, that's where, you know, you expect the stars of this league to take 26 shots in a game like this. So I don't know if Booker gets that many again, and he is expensive. I think Paul's going to get, you know, more like 12, 14 shots and increase his output. So you can make a case for either one of them, Booker or Paul. Um, I think everybody's just going to sprint to, you know, Aiton, probably a little Bridges or Crowder, and then probably Booker. But I still, you know, my strategy is still the same here. I, I think Paul is playable. Uh, Booker, if you can fit him salary-wise, rise, and then and Bridges and Crowder are good value. After that, I don't trust the Cam Johnson game. He did well, two threes, 23 minutes, you know, six rebounds. He was a nice sneaky play, value play last time. You know, I expect the same thing about 20 minutes, though, and he is – a youngster that hasn't been in this situation, so it's a little concerning there. Um, you know, after that though, it's it's just bit minutes, bit minutes for for Payne, Craig, Sarich, Moore. Those guys, I don't think, just quite get there enough to make a lineup uh, too risky. So it's the main dudes, but not the ones I think that are going to be the most played uh, in the industry. So I like I like this side of the 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 uh, board here. Yeah, Phoenix much more interesting to me than the Lakers because their prices are are way down. Booker eighty one hundred or eighty two hundred, and that's a steal. I mean, after twenty six shots too, yeah, and exactly. thirty four real points. It's crazy. He was awesome, and yeah. it's like Kenny the Jet Smith said in the post game: if the Lakers don't run more double teams at him, they're going to be in trouble. And yeah. I would also think it would shift a little bit. Maybe Booker doesn't get 26 shots. Maybe Paul gets a few more. Right. I still, at that price tag for Booker, um, I'm very interested in him tonight. Bridges, I agree, minutes are great, solid price. He's playable. Crowder, definitely playable in that price range. Um, I, I also don't expect Aiton to do quite as well. I think he's playable, but I'm not looking to pay up at center probably today. Um, so I'm not probably not going to go there either. Um, Cam Johnson, good minutes. Payne, I think Payne, you know, he did get ejected, so I think he'll get a few more minutes. He's playable for me. He's yeah been pretty solid here. He's uh, been for terrific. quite a while. Um, yeah. So he's he's in consideration for me. Um, all right, Coach. Before we go, get to your Mavs in Game Three, just want to yeah. invite folks to. Jump in with us as a member, dfscoachtalk.com. Grab all of our lineups. We're making full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo. And we give out the core for cash games on DraftKings, the core for GPPs that hit yesterday. 
Um, and uh, three-day passes are available. So jump in, try us out for 10 bucks, or grab our playoff package now. It's still right there on the bottom on YouTube if you're watching there. 111 for the entire two months. Uh, great value for us. Best time of the year. Take advantage of our NBA lineups. So we invite you to do that. Um, while you're there on YouTube, if you don't mind, subscribe to the channel. And we are going to continue to bring these seven-day-a-week podcasts throughout the playoffs. So best time of year, right, Coach? It really is. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to ask again. I mean, we bring these in front of the paywall every day of the week for NBA. And our big ask really is, you know, we've got some goals that we're trying to do uh, from the podcast side. And we need your help to get to those goals. And it only takes a matter of a few seconds and we only have about 31% of our regular listeners, which, you know, thank you because our, our uh, viewership has grown tremendously. But only about 31% of them hit that thumbs up, subscribe, and then hit the little alert button. And, you know, if we could just get that up to half of you, just take that extra second. You can do it right now. You can do it to the front or the back of the podcast and just literally hit the thumbs up, subscribe, and hit the alert button. And if you're listening, we have a lot of audio listeners as well. We're everywhere podcasts can be heard. Stitcher, Podbean, the iHeart, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, you know, we're everywhere. And uh, we also have a drawing once a month. Uh, our man Joe Stanton goes in there. He looks for anybody that's given us a five-star rating and made a comment, even if it's you guys are great or whatever, a small comment. That gets you into the drawing uh, for a free week membership uh, at Coach Talk. So if you're doing that, please take a second there as well. And again, you know, this is our sweet spot. We we love the NBA playoffs. I, I know it's my favorite time of the year when I anticipate I'm going to make the most uh, bucks for my DFS, uh, you know, buck or, uh, you know, spot. So, you know, I would say, this is, you know, check us out. If, if you want to hit that 111, just go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Then you're with us all the way through July 22, which is the very end of the playoffs. Uh, or if you just want to see what we're about, you know, takes a couple seconds, hit that three-day pass for $10. We'll get you in Discord in a matter of minutes. And that's where you want to be. Uh, I know Andrew and the rest of our pros were constantly in Discord uh, our members are very well uh, read on DFS and how it works and the strategies. You also get access to our DFS Coach Talk process that we don't we don't talk about enough because what it does is it combines the way to sustain long term profitability playing DFS, and you do that through really two things. And it doesn't have anything to do about who you roster as a player. It's the two things that are more important than that, and I'll argue that point with anybody, and that's bankroll management and contest selection. You could be a terrific person in, in getting the guys in your lineup, but if you're playing the wrong contests and going all in and just doing all kinds of crazy things, it's just a matter of time. It's, it's, I tell everybody it's like playing the slot machines. If you have a goal and you hit it, you get the money, you go, and you're you're good, but if you keep spinning and spinning and have no idea of what you're doing it's just a matter of time so we try to put all of that together for you here and you know coach through that and that's really what's motivated andrew and i to 
to get Coach Talk to where it is. We want to see our members in our community consistently win. Maybe we're not going to win $100,000 all the time like Andrew did $121,000. It can happen, as he proved, but we're wanting to be more realistic and, you know, let's make 100 today or let's make 600 this week or whatever. It is a marathon, not a sprint in DFS, and we would love to share that with you, coach you up, and then go after it and, and take you to the next level in DFS because there's nothing more frustrating than having to reload and reload. It's just not a fun thing. So we would love to have you. And uh, sorry, that was my soapbox. I haven't done that in a while, Andrew. Well, Dirk is smiling because he knows you're about to talk about his Mavs. Up 1-0. Going How about that, Going for 2-0 against the Clippers. And I feel guilty because I gave us very slim chances to go to L.A. and, and get a win. So I, I was wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong. I hope I'm wrong again tonight because I'm worried. I am worried. Now, I will say this, and this I've, I've felt this all along, and I feel it more now, and I apologize to any Tyrone Lou fans or Clipper fans. I just don't – he does not impress me as a coach. He never has. I thought LeBron basically coached the team when he was in Cleveland, and he was just you know going along with whatever LeBron was stating, even about bringing players in and minutes and everything. I just – his strategy – is confusing. Uh, sometimes his game plan doesn't make sense to me. And it showed in game one. So the reason I feel the Mavs, you know, still have a chance to win this, uh, you know, well, obviously being up 1-0 is an advantage, but I think they can win this series because I think Carlisle can outcoach Tyrone Lue. And Carlisle hasn't had his best season of coaching either, but he's found a rotation and he's found, you know, that shift when they took Richardson out of the starting lineup and put Hardaway in there with his phenomenal shooting. And uh, the rotation just shifted. It gave, instead of getting an offensive punch off the bench, they would bring in Brunson. They bring in Brunson and Richardson off the bench, and it's a defensive punch. I mean, those two are dogs on defense. And it's like, okay, let's get the guys out here. Let's score, knock down some threes, try to get a lead. Then we're going to rest and bring in our defensive unit. And it just has worked so much better than the vice versa when they were trying to bring the offense off the bench. So I love the place they're in right now. They've got a good strategy against the Clippers. Now, Tyrone Luke came out two days ago and said uh, what they're going to do is they're going to put Kawhi on Luka. First of all, why the hell would you tell everybody that anyway? You know, save that strategy for the game. But he says, now nah, we're gonna we're gonna play Kawhi on Lucas. So here's a couple things. One, I would I think the better strategy and what I've seen work against Luca this year and a little bit last year as well is just put an average defender on her on him and then double him. That's when you have a better chance because he has to give up the ball. You know, he you know, you don't let him go downhill to make those penetration. Uh, baskets or penetration and then kick for a three. So I, I know Kawhi's an awesome defender, maybe the best in the league, and I, I know he can slow Luka down, but I don't believe it's going to change the offensive scheme for what the Mavericks want to do. So very interesting there. Um, you know, Luka, I, I think, was phenomenal the last game. I'm not going to use him as one of my pay-up guys here, though. It's just that I respect the Clippers' defense, 
And in this game, by the way, the Clippers are favored by six and a half. So Vegas, you know, they see that they're going to come out there and, and get after it too. And, you know, but a couple of things to look at here, you know, the pace aspect of 25th and 28th, you know, we forget some of that because there was some scoring in that last game, but it's, you know, this could be one of those knockdown, drag out kind of battles where there's not a ton of points scored. Um, granted that, you know, Dallas's defense wasn't the best this year, but it got better and the Clippers were eighth. So, you know, that's, that's something you have to look at. So I'm not going to be a big stack person in this game. I think, you know, a couple secondary guys are playable for Dallas. Uh, Finney Smith I used in the first game, and he was really fantastic. Now, is he going to go seven for nine, including four threes from uh, the field? I got, you know, a little lucky there, but he gets monster minutes. He played almost 37. He's, he's going to get rebounds, and a couple steals. And so I think at his price, if you do need value, he's a guy that I wouldn't mind going to. Same thing with Tim Hardaway. You know, we talked about it before and, you know, we had said, well, he's a little scoring dependent, which he is at times, but he has shot the ball better than anybody in the NBA other than Steph Curry in the second half of the season. People don't realize that. He has been incredible. He's got 210 threes on the season. When you get over 200, man, that's elite. And he did a lot of that coming off the bench. So now that he's starting, getting good minutes, uh, Hardaway is certainly a fine option as well. Uh, one thing to watch here, we do have an injury of note here. Kleba is questionable. He's not quite right. I'm not sure he's going to play. And that's, that's going to shift things because he played 36 minutes in game one, which was probably too much because he's, he's been banged up. And also Reddick's uh, out for this entire series in case we missed that. So what does, if Maxi plays less minutes or no minutes, who is that going to affect the most? I think you're going to see a jump, combination jump. Dwight Powell only played seven minutes and 27 seconds in that first game. I think you'll see him be the biggest beneficiary uh, of those minutes. I think he's actually playable if Kleba sits completely. Uh, Cauley Stein, four minutes last game. He just hasn't looked good. I don't trust him. And you had a little Nico Melli. So it's not somewhere if Kleba gets, you know, uh, knocked out for this game that you want to just run and, and play somebody because they don't have a great spot. But uh, Dwight Powell would be the guy to me that I, I think that Carlisle would go to in the starting lineup and, and could be uh, playable with a 25-minute game. Um, as far as the bench, Brunson, you can always count on to at least, you know, play hard with his 20, 22 minutes. Um, but I, I think I'd rather go with a Finney Smith and Hardaway. Now I haven't mentioned one guy cause I want to finish with that and have you comment on him because I, you know, for the life of me, I get so agitated watching him. I watch him closely. He gets banged around. He gets pushed around. And it's Porzingis. You know how frustrated I get with him. But I have to say this as a Mavs fan. We can't go far in these playoffs unless he plays like all-star basketball. He's If he's going to play like he did this last game, 36 minutes, which is a boatload of minutes for him. He does not usually play over 30, 32. If he gets 36, 37 minutes again, he's going to have to rebound. He's going to have to hit threes. 
He's going to have to block some shots. And so he's got to step up. So he can be a boomer bust guy, certainly a great GPP play, but I've actually tinkered with the thought of putting him in my main hybrid lineup because I think he's going to be the difference maker in this game, either from a good side if the Mavs can keep it close and win, or a bad side if he plays one of his other softy marshmallow games. So what do you think about Porzingis? Will he make your lineup? Um, Yeah, you know, I'm right now planning to probably play him in the GPP on FanDuel because he's only 6,900. I know. And the guy can he can get over fifty fantasy points. Definitely. Just what are the chances he plays thirty six minutes and goes fourteen and four again? That is just pathetic. It's, I agree. Uh, it doesn't seem like you can at that size seven three. He, doesn't the ball hit you in the head? It should at least five or six <laughs> times. He has to step up. They do need him, even though they won. Uh, he's got to do. He's got to do more than that. So that, that I think that's a little too cheap on Fanduel for him. Uh, I also like DFS or or THJ as a potential value, getting lots of shots. You know when they double Luca. They're um, out of letters. You need yeah. to be playing uh, <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> um, Brunson maybe um, if you need a f- to save a few bucks in that guard spot. Jay Rich, not really interested in him. I'd rather play DFS in that same price range. Yeah. Um, Clippers side. Now, I'm excited yes. here because Kawhi Leonard, I don't understand why he's 8,300 on DraftKings. This he's, is Kawhi he's Leonard. Be chalk. He'll be chalk city. I don't he? care. 41 yeah. minutes. He's healthy. It's the playoffs. And he's mad. He's mad. <laughs> They're down 1 0. I mean, I don't know how you don't play Kawhi Leonard at 8,300 on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, this on... is one of those where as a Mavs fan you know how it feels when you have to play that key guy from yeah. the other team you get a little sick to your stomach but you got to do it right exactly <laughs> um, Paul George is, is a fair fair value I, I do like Booker a little bit more but Paul George is playable Marcus Morris uh, a guy you've been on all season came out cold 0 for 6 on 3 pointers he killed me that last game. But 4,400 on FanDuel looks pretty good to me. I'd like yeah. him to bounce back a little bit. Mid-30s minutes probably too, yeah. you know? Center spot, a uh, little bit messy there with the Clippers in the first game. Zubat's only 19 minutes. Ibaka what, only 13. What? It, can you explain that to me? The Mavericks can't guard a big, strong center. Zubats has two monster dunks in the first five minutes. And only plays 19 minutes. Can you? Ex- he only had two fouls. Yeah. Well, you know, they what's went, the reason? They went a little smaller. Batum got big minutes. He got 32 minutes. Um, and then you had Kawhi and Paul George combining for 40 shots. So those guys ran the show. Zubats didn't get a bunch of touches. Um, so I think those guys are a little hard to trust in this matchup uh, with the way things are going. Um, I'd rather go Kawhi here or Marcus Morris or even Batum as a value play. Uh, so do you he, think Morris gets a lot of center minutes from, from Zubats? Because uh, that's sort of what they did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's look on the other side. You know, Dallas, this, they don't have that type of big bruising center that, no. you, that you really need. A Zubats or a Baca in there against in the post. 
Um, you know, so true. I, I don't see it shifting too much here in game two with the minutes distribution. If he if if they let Zubots play thirty three minutes against this Mavericks interior defense, he could score twenty five points and have fourteen rebounds. Yeah, I, I just think it's a terrible strategy. I mean, I understand what you're saying, you know, the defensive matchup on the other side and everything, but why lose that? I mean, did you see the two monster dunks he had early on and some of those rebounds? It just I think it's bad strategy. They're playing right into the Dallas Mavericks hands. And I hope they keep playing small throughout this series because if they do, the Mavericks are going to win it. <laughs> um, with the rest of these guys here, Rondo's in play. Wait, uh, hold on one second. I got to give dirt. He asked for a high five. Sorry. <laughs> he likes that call, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, you could go with Rondo or Batum off the bench. Um, you trust the Batum play. People are going to go there. You know, he's been, he's had a lot of periods this season when he's been very steady. And 32 minutes, you know, I'll take 28 minutes. He's, you know, he's playable for me. He's not in my first lineup, but yeah. at that price tag, I think he's worth considering. He's a good wild card. He and Rondo were good wild cards, probably. So is Kawhi locked in for you on DraftKings at 8,300? Yeah, he is. Okay. It hurts me to say that, but he is. How about Marcus Morris? Will you consider him? I'm considering him. I, I'm doing a little Ollie shuffle here trying to determine which way to go. He's in consideration, but Kawhi's already in the in the base. Okay. Any other thoughts here on the Clippers before we wrap up? Well, I wanted your opinion because I thought, you know, I know you so well because we've done 218 billion shows together. I thought you would sniff out a little Rajon Rondo as a, as a nice little value play because he seemed to take over that you know, team in the second half and help them way better than, than uh, Reggie Jackson looked like Garbaggio. So I think Rondo could, you know, play 30 minutes maybe. It's yeah, possible. No, Rondo definitely in play for me. I think he'll be in a decent amount of my lineups for sure. I thought so. See, I know you, Andrew. I know your lineups. I just, you win and then I don't play your exact lineup. So I got to, I'm, I'm on you now. Okay. Yeah, former Celtic it helps, but no, it's just the way he plays. <laughs> Playoff time, he steps up. The, the, he, he set the Mavs back two years, by the way, that SOB, the way <laughs> he handled himself here in yeah, Dallas. That was a mess in Dallas. But the problem is, you know, he's hit some threes lately, and obviously you can't trust that. Right. But And so his price has crept up a little bit. So I don't love him because of the risk of the threes, but I do think he'll get steady minutes and, and should be. Uh, solidly productive i agree all right well let's wrap it up there uh hope everybody is off to a good start building those lineups here for the three game slate uh again join us if you want our lineups at dfscoachtalk.com uh we'll send you an email and get you those lineups about 20 minutes before lock and we'd love to have you uh again on twitter we're at dfscoachtalk the coach is at j-o-e-s-a-r-v-a-d-i I am at Language Olympic, and we'll be back again tomorrow to cover the next slate. So thank you for tuning in today. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.